The book of Mark chapter number one, we started looking at this last Sunday. The topic that I looked at last Sunday is light over darkness. We are exposing demonic influence. I want to say exposing, exposing. Demonic, demonic influence. That's what I want to do in these messages. If you did not listen to my first message last Sunday, I want to encourage you to go on our website, riveristanbul.com, and listen. I believe it's going to bless you. We're exposing demonic influence. So we looked at the light over darkness. I want to say it was light, light. over darkness. Amen. We started looking at Mark chapter 1. We're going to read from verse number 21. And I'm reading from the Amplified Classic. And they entered into Capernaum. And immediately on the Sabbath, he, that is Jesus, went into the synagogue and began to teach. What did Jesus do? He taught them. I emphasized on giving the word of God first place. That was the first place. We've got to give God's word first place in the church. And we've got to give God's word first place in our lives. The Bible says God exalted his word above his name. If God have exalted his word above his name, that means we also must exalt the word of God above everything else. So Jesus went into the synagogue and he began to teach. And if you want to keep... The church clean, you must teach and preach the word. Come on, say amen. amen. That's a way to keep the church clean. The preaching and the teaching of the word. A lot of people don't want to hear the word. You come over here, we give the word of God first place. Praise God for worship, praise God for all of this. But I'm telling you, the word of God takes First place in this church. You're going to hear a lot. We're going to take time and we're going to pound on the word. We're going to preach. We're going to preach. We're going to teach. We're going to teach. Come on, say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. That is the way to keep yourself from falling into deception in these last days. If you give God's word first place in your life, you will not be deceived. You keep hearing me say that deception is running rampant. Yes, it is. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 talks about the great falling away. But because we give the word of God first place in our lives, we shall not be deceived. It is the word of God that will keep us in the path of righteousness. Come on, say amen. Because that's what the Bible says. The Bible says he leads you in the path of righteousness. Notice he does not lead you on the path of unrighteousness. He leads you in the path of righteousness. How do we know the right path? We know the right path by the word of God. Come on say amen. amen. So this will keep you from falling into deception. The word of God is the only way you can build faith. The Bible says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is the only way to build faith and this is the only way to keep faith. The word. 
Come on, say amen. amen. The word. I want to say the word. Very important. And this is the way to keep your miracle. When God gives you a miracle, you you've got to understand that there is a devil out there that wants to steal what God has blessed you with. When you are full of the word of God, when the enemy shows up to take that which God has given to you, guess what will fight back? You're not talking to me. Guess what will fight back? Guess what will push back on the tide of the devil? The word of God that is in you. When the devil showed up and tried to talk Jesus out of the will of God, Jesus did not get into an argument with the devil. Jesus did not get into a conversation. Jesus did not get into a dialogue with the devil. No, Jesus said, it is written. So how did Jesus push back? With the word, by the word. It is the word of God that will keep that which God has blessed you with. Come on now, say amen. amen. Don't bury your head in the sand and think that the devil will just clap hands for you and see you have victory. No, the enemy will throw some things at you to try to knock you off. But when you are full of the word of God, the word of God will rise up on the inside of you. When you push a man to the wall, guess what's going to come out of the man? If the man is full of the word, the word will come forth. But if the person is full of complaining and, 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 and weeping and crying, guess what's going to come out? What you have on the inside is what's going to come out when you are under pressure. And don't think to yourself that the enemy will not try to put some pressure. The enemy will try to put some pressure on you. And one of the ways the enemy will try to put some pressure, what's happening globally? The devil is trying to put pressure on people financially. But we have the word of God in us. What's happening globally? The enemy is trying to put pressure on people's bodies. On their health. But we have the word of God in us. Come on now, say amen. amen. He himself took our infirmities. And carried our sicknesses. So what I've told the devil is if Jesus took my infirmities and carried my sicknesses, it means that I've got no one to carry. He left me with none. He took them all. So if Jesus took sickness and disease and infirmities on himself, guess what? You've got none to take. But you've got to be full of this truth. Come on now, say amen. You've got to be full of this truth. Because this is what is going to fight back when the enemy puts pressure on you. And I'm talking to you today as we're exposing the influence of the kingdom of darkness over people. Say, well, Pastor God, I'm born again. There is no influence. The fact that you're born again does not exempt you from the enemy trying to exert on you. But the fact that you're born again gives you the authority to resist. Oh, you didn't hear that. The fact that you're born again does not exempt you from the enemy trying to exert upon you. But the fact that you're born again gives you the authority to say no. Amen. 
You have no right to touch my life. You have no right to touch my family. You have no right to touch my business. You have no right to touch my body. In the name that is above every other name, I rebuke you. And when you stand your ground, the enemy will flee. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. Everything that the devil offers comes from the kingdom of darkness and you have been given authority over the devil and the works of darkness Amen. come on now somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah but we've got to be so full everyone says so full so my god i'm telling you we've got to be dripping the word we've got to be talking the word we've got to be eating the word i mean at breakfast table the word of god Lie down to sleep, the word of God. Come on now, say amen. amen. You go into the restroom, the word of God. You're walking on the streets, the word of God. You're riding on the bus, the word of God. You're driving in your vehicle, the word of God. You're flying on the plane, the word of God. I mean, your life is so immersed in the word of God that everything the enemy tries to put upon you will fall off. Why? Because you are a man or a woman that's full of the word. Amen. Praise God. Some people have just a tiny little bit of the word. And that is the reason why the enemy knocks them away when he tries them with just one small thing. Tell your neighbor, I'll be full of the word of God. Praise God. Look at verse number 22. And they were completely astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching as one who possessed authority and not as the scribes. Just at that time, there was in their synagogue a man who was in the power, I want to say the power, of an unclean spirit. So we know that Satan and the kingdom of darkness possess power. I want you to notice, the Bible says the man was in the power of an unclean spirit. So this is an unclean spirit that had power over this man. And now immediately he raised a deep and terrible cry from the depths of his throat saying, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him saying, Hush, be muzzled, gagged, and come out of him. And the unclean spirit throwing the man into convulsion and screeching with a loud voice came out of him. And they were all amazed and almost terrified that they kept questioning and demanding one of another, saying, What is this? What new fresh, fresh teaching with authority? I want to say authority. He gives others even to the unclean spirits and they obey him. Amen. Now, I want to deal with this subject the simplest way possible without getting into some complexities with regards to demons the first thing i want to say to you is satan demons and evil spirits exist you want to write that down you write that down satan demons evil spirits exist period they do exist in mark chapter 16 from verse 15 it says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be condemned or shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Watch this. The first thing it says is, In my name you shall do what? 
Hey, talk to me. In my name, you shall do what? Cast out devils. You shall cast out devils. That is the first thing he says we will do. You shall cast out devils. You shall speak with new tongues. You shall take up snakes. And if you drink anything deadly, it shall by no means hurt you. You shall lay your hands upon the sick and they shall recover. I've asked myself the question, why is it that casting out devils is the first thing on the list? Because, listen, the world, the world does not know this. But the church is aware that the work of darkness is at an all-time high. Demons are at work. The crime waves that we see globally. The corruption that we see even in government. Are the works of demonic spirits. The drive-by shooting that you hear about. The sickness that's ravaging people's bodies. John 10, 10, the Bible says the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. We cannot be ignorant of the works of darkness in these last days. 2,000 years ago, we can see in the ministry of Jesus that demons were manifesting all the time. When he showed up, like in this case, the man was asking Jesus, of course, the demon that was in the man was asking Jesus, what have you to do with us? You and I have no business. Have you come to torment us? So that shows us that a man who is walking with Christ carries the authority of heaven. When you come into a place where demons are at work, you expose them. You don't just expose them, you exercise dominion over them. Can someone say amen? amen. Praise God. Amen. So it, it, I thought about it. Why is it that the first thing he said we will do is to cast out devils? It's time for the church to cast out devils. Come on, say amen. amen. We're going to cast out devils. Amen. We will cast out devils. Amen. Come on, say amen. amen. We cast them out because we have authority over them. Amen. We cast them out because we are above them. Amen. We cast them out because we, listen, we've been raised up and we've been made to sit with Christ in heavenly places. If demons have authority and power over us, we will not be able to cast them out. But the Bible says that we can cast them out. And the reason we can cast them out is because of number one, our position in Christ. Amen. Number two, we have been deputized to use the name of Jesus. Amen. Go in my name. He has given us his name. Come on, say amen. amen. In his name, we are going to cast devils out. The next time you see someone who is oppressed or tormented or possessed, take authority over that spirit in Jesus' name. And guess what's going to happen? Guess what will happen? The person will be free. Yeah. Oh, but Pastor God, well, I don't think I can do that. Yeah, that's why you're not doing it. Because you don't think you can. But I'm here to say to you, you don't do it in your name. You do it in the name of Jesus. Demons don't respect your name. They don't respect your father's name. Are you listening to me? 
Demons don't respect the passport you carry. Hey, demon, look at my passport. Neither do they respect your Bible school diploma. Oh, demons, look at my Bible school diploma. Come out in the name of Arubiar. Demons don't come out in the name of River Bible Institute. Demons will come out in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. So we've got to have a revelation of the name. We have to be in the name. Come on, say amen. We have to have, we have, to have fellowship with the name. Praise God. We must have a revelation of the name. Hallelujah. For the Bible says God has highly exalted him and given unto him a name that is above every other name. Praise God. So we have the name of Jesus and we use the name of Jesus and we have been raised up together to sit with Jesus in heavenly places. If you're a child of God, guess where you're sitting today? At the right hand of God the Father. Oh, but Pastor God, well, I'm sitting on a blue chair. Listen, your physical body might be sitting on the blue chair, but your spirit is sitting in heaven. Amen. That amen needs prayer this morning. Amen. Your physical body may be sitting on the blue chair, but your spirit is sitting with Jesus Christ at the right hand of God the Father, the place of glory, the place of dominion, the place of authority. Amen. So you speak from that place of authority. Amen. And demons will obey. But if you think you're sitting on a blue chair, they won't obey you. Amen. Amen. Colossians 1.13, the Bible says, He delivered us from the power of darkness. Can you see that again? Power. So the kingdom of darkness has power. But we have been delivered from that power. Amen. Hallelujah. We're, <laughs> we're not in bondage. Say it with me, I have been delivered from the power of darkness. darkness. Tell your neighbor, darkness, darkness. Does, not power does not exercise power over me. Because, because Jesus, Jesus delivered me from the power of darkness. Come on, if you believe it, give Jesus a big hand of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Notice, he has not just delivered you from the power of darkness. The Bible says that he has also translated you. The word translate here is the Greek word metisteme. When I read it in the French service, some, uh, I guess it was last year I was teaching from this place. And I was reading it in the English Bible and the guy who was translating for me read it in the French. And in the French, listen to what it says. Transporte. That's what he says in the Bible. When he read transporte, he got my attention. Oh, that's really what the word is. Methistemi means to move location. That's what it means. To move location. To move you from one location to another. You have been moved. Come on now, say amen. You have been moved. You've been moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. And so that means if I've been moved from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his son of his love, it means I have dominion, I have freedom, I have authority over the works of darkness. Amen. Now, if you have not been moved, if you are still in the kingdom of darkness, it means the kingdom of darkness throws anything at you and you've got nothing to fight with. Come on now, say amen. 
But I've been moved. I said I've been moved. This is the reason why casting out devils can be done. Can be done. I said it can be done. Breaking the power of darkness over people's lives can be done. In Matthew chapter 10 verse 1, the Bible says, And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out. To do what to them? To cast them out. To cast them out. He gave them power to do that. I don't think there is a lot of change with my microphones. He gave them power. Say he gave them power. To cast out unclean spirits. Now, there are principles and I want you to understand this. When you do a study in the Bible, you will notice that God has laid out principles for us to live by. I want some principles. Now, I want to say that every born again child of God should be able to cast out devils, should exercise dominion over the kingdom of darkness. But when it really comes to operating in these kind of things, I want you to understand the place of prayer and fasting. The place of what? Prayer and fasting. The place of prayer and fasting cannot be overemphasized. Are you listening to me? Jesus himself said, this kind does not go out. Except by prayer and fasting. The church must listen to me. The church must understand the place of prayer and fasting. Amen. It's a principle. You pray, you fast, you will walk in the power of God. That's a fact. On Wednesdays, I've been talking about... Men that pressing to God because they said they wanted God to move in their lives. I told the story of a few people. I told the story of men like, uh, what's his name? T.L. Osborne. Who locked himself up in his room. And he said, I am not coming out until God comes and empowers me to perform miracles. He locked himself up. And would not come out. And I believe it was on the third day. The power of God came upon him. I know a man. Who also said to his wife. Tell God to anoint me. To operate in the supernatural. He just kept fasting. He wouldn't stop. The wife was worried. The wife said no you need to stop. You need to eat some food. He says no. I am not stopping. If you want me to stop. Tell God to anoint me. Are you listening to me? When you press into God, God will press in back to you. Praise the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, it is obvious that people struggle in different areas because of what they have done or what was done to them, which gave demons access into their lives. Everywhere you go, you will find evil spirits binding people. Inflicting people with sickness, mental issues, schizophrenia, uh, wreaking havoc in families, causing rebellion in children. 
Unfortunately, there is a society today that condones the foolishness in their children. I told the story of when my wife and I was in London a few, a few years ago visiting and we saw these kids on a bus. These kids, I'm to, I've never seen children like that. Unruly. Eating on the bus. They've, they've bought uh, hamburgers and french fries from McDonald's and they got on the bus. They stunk up the bus. I mean, the whole bus was smelling. The bus driver who, of course, you know, is the authority on the bus couldn't do anything but he kept telling the kids hey kids stop it hey kids stop it they were th they lit at the bus with their stuff i mean they were throwing the thing on the on the bus my wife and i were in shock never seen that kids behaving that way you have a society today that condones this nonsense Casting out demons also have become a show in some churches. I saw this one. This guy supposedly demon possessed. And he was having a conversation. It seemed as if the demon in him was having a conversation with the pastor. And it was a show. In my opinion, that was a show. So the man was saying, Pastor, I'm going to kill you. I mean, it was a show. I will deal with you. And the pastor was. The pastor was responding. You know. Don't remember everything. But I saw a video. You're going to kill me? Yes. I'll kill, I will finish you. <laughs> Casting out devils is not a show. Are you listening to me? It's not what we dramatize. It's not what we dramatize. Jesus says, shut up and come out. Shut up and do what? Come out. Shut up, come out. That's how you deal with demons. Praise God. Now I want to show you five levels of, uh, uh, several levels of demonic influence. Number one, depression. Everyone said depression. What is depression? It's low spirit. It's gloominess. It's de dejection and sadness. You just have this heaviness on you. That's depression. Gloominess. I mean, you walk around, you carry yourself in, in a way where people just look at you and they know there's something wrong with you. But it's an heaviness. There is this thing that's being placed on people by demonic forces. Unfortunately, some Christians don't even know that there is a demon that's making you feel that way. Oh, it's my feeling. It's the way I feel. I've been thinking about some things lately. This is not a new note. This is, I didn't prepare this today or yesterday. This is something I was even planning to preach last week, which I, I didn't even get to preach. Because I talked about, I focused more on the word of God. But today I want you to see that depression, depression is an oppression. It's demonic. 
And some people, listen, even mourning the death of somebody can open the door to demons. So, Pastor God, are you telling us not to mourn? No, I'm not saying people don't mourn. But how long are you going to mourn? How long are you going to live in that state? How long are you going to keep dealing with that same thing? The Bible says in Psalm 30 verse 5, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. A night. There is a time to weep. There is a time to rejoice. You've got to say enough is enough. I'm not taking this anymore. The enemy keeps playing with you in that area. You have people even in the cultures of Africa. When it is, you know, five years, ten years after the person have died. They want us to do a ceremony. Remembrance ceremony of the man who died 20 years ago. Something must be wrong with some people. If the person is dead, they are in heaven or they are in hell. People let all this stuff affect them. And they wonder why they are the way they are. And you let depression set in. Why? Because you keep mourning the death of somebody that is in heaven or that is in hell. And the enemy takes advantage of that and, and sneaks right into your life. Sorrow may endure for a night. It was a night. Not ten nights, not one year, not two years, not five years. No, one night. But joy comes in the morning. Come on now, say amen. amen. The enemy comes and starts speaking all of that thing. Oh, you know what happened to you? You know what they did to you? You remember what happened ten years ago? Hey, come on, ten years ago. Ten years ago, the enemy will still try to play tricks on you, touching what happened ten years ago. When are you going to be free from what happened ten years ago? And so, people's lives has become yo-yo. One moment they are happy. Hey, the Lord is good. Next moment the enemy comes. That same demon, he sits upon your shoulders and he talks to you. People need to be spiritual. Walking the spirit, man. If you don't walk in the spirit, the enemy will take advantage of you. And walking in the spirit is not a one-week thing. You walk in the spirit every single day. The moment you don't walk in the spirit, you are going to open yourself up to another spirit. Walk in the spirit and you shall not gratify the desires of the flesh. The devil wants you sulking. The devil wants you upset. The devil wants you unhappy. No, I will not be unhappy. What happened has happened. Okay? It's over. And in the name of Jesus, I declare freedom over your mind right now. Because the devil has been playing games in your mind. Your mind has become the battle. I'm telling you, your mind is the playing ground of the devil. But in the name that is above every name, I rebuke that demon that is playing in your mind. It's become, a, for some, it's a seasonal thing. Every season. Oh, it's, the, it's a demonic force. 
You've got to see this, my friends. Look at what it says, Isaiah 61 verse 3. To console those who mourn in Zion. Zion is the church. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The oil of joy for mourning. God does not want you carrying yourself like that all the time. Because the more, listen, the more you carry yourself like that, the more you open the door to the enemy to gain access and a foothold into your life. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. What happened has happened. Sorry about that. But let the word of God pick you up and dust you up. And you make up your mind and say, I will never be like this again. So the next time they bring up this stuff about, you know, your father passed on. Let's do a uh, remembrance ceremony. Tell them I'm not part of that. My father passed on. He's in heaven. I'll see you. When the right time comes, when the rapture takes place, I'll see you again. But I'm not going to spend my life weeping over that. I'm not going to waste a week weeping over that. He is gone. He is in heaven. And sorry if the person that passed on in your family is in hell. But they're gone. You're not going to let that stop you from living your own life. Don't let it affect you. Don't let it stop you. Stop it. Rebuke it. I'm telling you right now, it's a demonic thing that's happening to people. And if you don't see that, that it's a spiritual thing, the enemy will take advantage of your ignorance. To, to, watch this. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty. Beauty, not ugliness. Beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit, watch this, the spirit of heaviness. That's depression. It's the spirit of heaviness. People may not, watch this, when you are in that mood, people see it. There's a spirit of heaviness. That's not a spirit of joy. That's not a spirit of the Lord. That's not the spirit of peace. It's the spirit of the devil. It comes and puts this weight on you. Listen, there is a time to cry. But there is a time to come out of it. And come into joy. Some of you, you're sitting here. The enemy has a way of pushing that same button all the time. You know what I'm talking about. I was abused when I was 15. Listen, I'm sorry that it happened. But God wants to bring you out of that. Come on. Come on. My boyfriend left me. God wants to bring you out of that. My wife left me. God wants to bring you out of that. Because every time you think about it, the devil puts that depression, depressing spirit upon you. 
for a whole week or a whole month, you're living in that gloominess. That's how you live, a whole month, because your boyfriend left you. Because your girlfriend, or because your wife or your husband left you. I'm sorry, I know it's bad, but it has happened. God wants you out of it. I said, God wants you out of it. I said, God wants you out of it. Are you going to have victory or you're going to just live in defeat? It's like this seasonal defeat. This seasonal defeat. Every time it happens, you are in defeat. And then you come out of that defeat and eventually come back into what you think is, oh, now I'm good. What's going to happen again next time? Because it's a, it's a year. And so when we talk about generational curse, this is, this is really, you let stuff happen and then it becomes a generational thing in your life. Somebody has to change this cycle. Somebody needs to break this thing. By the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Come on, say amen. Everyone say oppression. That's number two. The first influence of demons is depression. The second influence of demons is oppression. The word oppress means to crush. Acts 10 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about healing. He was doing good and he was what? Healing all those that were oppressed. The word to oppress means to crush. For God was with him. So demons like to crush people. Sickness is an oppression of the devil. The Bible talks about the woman that was bent over like this for 18 years. See, she was oppressed. Are you listening to me? Fear is an oppression of the devil. Suicidal thoughts are demonic oppression. I said this last Sunday. This is where psychiatrists and psychologists must understand that many mental and psychological cases are demonic oppression. Because you go to them, they want to give you medication and they want to do talk sessions with you. Come, let's talk. Listen, you can talk all you want. Demons are still there locking in the shadows. When you finish talking, they oppress them, they still oppress them. By the authority in the name of Jesus, every demonic oppression over your life, I break it off now in Jesus' mighty name. Praise God. Thoughts of suicide. I'm going to take my life. I'm going to jump out the window. I'm going to cut my wrists. Fear is an oppression. People can't take steps. Why? Because the devil says if you do, you're going to fail. So the devil binds them with the spirit and by the spirit of fear. That's the second level I want to show you. The third level I want to show you is obsession. That's demonic too. The word obsessed means to fix your mind on a simple, watch this, on a simple idea to an unreasonable degree. That's what it means to be obsessed. To fix your mind on a simple idea to an unreasonable degree. It's like living in the world of fantasy. Your mind is on the thing. You don't know how to get your mind off of it. It is a persistent and 
inescapable preoccupation with an idea or emotion. This idea usually has no relationship with reality. Obsessed. Obsessed. Can't get your mind off of it. Obsessed. Just thinking about it all the time. People are obsessed with all kinds of crazy stuff. Some are obsessed with power. Some are obsessed with sex. Can't get your mind off of it. And wondering why things are the way they are. Yes, because of that. It's demonic. It's demonic. And I want to encourage young people, come to the singles night because we're going to help you. And if you are having problems in this area, God's going to set you free. Obsessed. Obsessed. The fourth is possession. I want to say possession. To possess is to inhabit. It is to occupy. It is to control. It is to own. And I want to say to you that humans are their number one target. But if they can't find humans, they will resort to animals. You know the case of the man who had legion of demons in him. They said, Jesus, don't cast us out of this place. Send us into those pigs. Because if they don't have human bodies, they go to animals. And that shows us right there that demons can actually live in cats. They can live in dogs. Oh, Pastor God, what do you mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. They, they can live. Look, listen, Jesus told them to live and they went into the pigs. So if they could get enter into the pigs, it means they could enter into other animals. Oh, Pastor God, I need to do a deliverance service for my dog. I don't know. That's not my business. I don't keep those things anyways. I don't like them. To keep them. I can see them from, from a distance. I'm not keeping a dog. I'm not keeping a cat. I'm not. Some people, I don't know what's wrong with some people. They, they even have them as their babies. Instead of having couples get married, instead of having human beings as children, they have dogs. And they call them my baby. Cats, your baby. Some even have snakes as their baby. Something is wrong with some people. Parrots, your baby. All kinds of animals that people have at home as their, as their children. It's crazy what's going on. Praise God I'm from Africa. <laughs> I pray we don't do stuff like that. Dog. Your baby. Are you, are you serious? Parrots. Birds. It's, it's absurd. I'm telling you. Some people, they need, they need, they need surgery in their heads. I'm telling you. They need, they need an operation in their heads. No, you, 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 have, you need to have babies, human beings that look like you. Okay? Those are your babies that look like you. Praise God. Not go buy a dog and say, oh, this is our baby. 
we are okay living with this dog and the dog falls sick and they begin to cry the dog died they begin to cry dog lovers cat lovers look something is wrong with some people i'm not saying i hate on these things but i'm just saying look leave them where they are leave them where they are i know some people will not like this message what i'm saying about dogs right now but they are dogs I'm sorry, I have my opinion. You have your opinion. I don't like, I don't like having them around me. I don't, like having, I don't like having cats not in the house. It's not going to happen. And I'm not bringing you a cat as a gift on your birthday. So you know. I'm not bringing you a puppy as a gift on your birthday. Don't bring me any. Amen. Praise God. Give me the money. I don't want the dog. <laughs> <laughs> come on now somebody shout hallelujah you watch some of these videos crazy videos I mean kids are playing with a python python the python is big enough to choke the life out of the child and, and eat the child for breakfast I mean swallow the child whole and the child is sitting on it, riding on it at home like a bicycle. <laughs> Something is wrong. We're Africans. We see snakes, we run. <laughs> Anyone understand what I'm talking about? Come on now, we, we don't go near that stuff. <laughs> they say there's snakes. I'm not passing by that. We're not passing by that place. We don't want to have anything to do with that. My wife does not like, even when I'm watching wildlife, when, it, when they show snakes... My wife want me to turn off that channel. Change the channel. Turn off the TV. Do something about that. We don't like snakes. I watch it, but I don't want to come near it. And people have them as children. That's my child. No. How did the devil come into the Garden of Eden? Serpent. So they can live in animals. Now, somebody's thinking, I'm going to throw my pets away. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But I'm just telling you what we see in the Bible. So, to possess is to inhabit. It is to occupy. It is to control. It is to own. That's what it is. And as I begin to round up, there are three main things that open the door to demonic possession. Everyone say three. Write this down. Number one, sexual sins. If you listen carefully now, there are three main things that open the door to demonic possession. I said possession. Number one, sexual sin. Okay, especially, especially perversion. You talk to people that are many of the homosexuals and lesbians. You talk to them, if they would be honest with you, they'll tell you that something happened that distorted the way they think. Somebody touched them when they were kids. Somebody abused them, molested them sexually. They were not like that. But something happened. 
That is the reason why we must protect. Listen, God has given us the right as parents to protect our children. Are you listening to me? When my kids get to the age where they can make their own decision, then they make their own decisions. But when they are under my roof, I make the decision where they sleep. Period. My daughter will tell you, I never, I never let her sleep out. I tell her, you're going to sleep under my roof. When I'm in my bedroom, I know you are in your bedroom. Because people don't understand what happens to children. Crazy people all over the place. Pedophiles. Now I'm speaking very hard right now, but it's the truth. People wonder, stuff happened to children and they never tell their parents. So I am very careful. I, I'm telling you, I'm so careful. That's my child right there. I'm not going to let... Because there is a future that God has given to her. I'm not going to let the enemy come mess it up. Using one guy or one girl. No, it's not going to happen. So she's going to sleep in my house, under my roof. Are you listening to me? Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not. So she gets to the age now. She cannot even make that decision to go sleep out in someone else's house. It's not going to happen. Some parents, oh, it's okay. They're going to meet sleeping uncle. <laughs> uncle whatever. Sleeping uncle's house. Are you okay? I can stand here and tell you, I mean, tell, a guy we're dealing with this was years ago and uh, we're trying to find out what happened because he was, he was in, he was doing some stuff. Mature, doing some stuff. When you want to help people, you want to know the root of the problem. There's always a root. That's the reason why they behave the way they behave, even when they are 30. And you wonder why, why are they like this? Something has happened to them when they were six. Say, but they are born again. What's going on? Yes, they are born again, but the realm of the soul is still being attacked. Because what happened 25 years ago distorted the way they think. God shaped them in a certain way. But when that happened, the enemy gained access into their lives at a young age. Yes, their spirits are saved, but their soul is still tormented. So we need to get people out of this. Hey, how did it happen? They touched my... The person told us. Who touched? A woman touched. Just a young boy. Touch, touch. Okay, yeah, but that changed everything. So we've got to be very careful. I'm telling you right now, we've got to be very careful. If we want to raise the right next generation, we've got to be on top of our game and we've got to keep our eyes open. If you are a father, if you are a mother, you have a responsibility to look after your child. Some parents just want to be busy with TV. So they throw their child into the hands of whoever to look after. No, you have to be busy looking after that child. That's your, that's your ministry. 
That's your ministry. Homes are being destroyed because children are being destroyed. Father wakes up in the morning, goes to work. Mother wakes up in the morning, goes to work. And they leave the child in the hands of auntie, uncle. My wife would tell you when she was running a business, she had a store. And sometimes I'll be on the phone with her and I'll ask her, where's Irene? Irene is in the, okay, who is there? It's true. These are the questions I asked her. Who is there? Think I'm, look at my forehead. Do you see stupid? No, you don't see stupid here. I'm not stupid. I'm wise. Who is with her? I told her, I said to her, I, I said, we talked, I said, Irene, if, you, if you're coming back from school or you go, you, you went somewhere you, and you see somebody say, oh, come, I know your pad, your daddy, come in the taxi. Don't you get in that taxi. Don't you get in that taxi. I'm teaching some of you some wisdom now. So you see all these people that are sexually perverted because a demon was released. Are you listening to me? The young man came to see me right here. The guy does not even come to our church. Never come to this church. But came to see me. Just I was with him here in the sanctuary. Just the both of us. And he said, I want you to pray for me. And da, 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 da. I didn't even know what he was, you know, was dealing with some demonic influence at night. But he didn't tell me what the root was. But as I put my hand to pray, I knew what the root was. The root, the root problem of his, of his demonic influence or oppression over his life was the fact that he was involved in pornography. He was right here. I put my hand on, on him and I hear, oh, pornography. I asked him, I said, are you, are you in pornography? He looked at me and said, yes. He didn't confess it, but the Spirit of God put it on my heart and I asked him. He said, yes. Prayed for him. He was wiggling and wriggling on the floor, right like a snake. He right here. So number one way I'm telling you, you get involved in all this sexual stuff, perversion. You, you will open your life to demons. Oh, but pastor, we live in the dispensation of grace. We can do whatever we want. No, you cannot do whatever you want. The Bible says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You can't do whatever you want. You think you can do whatever you want? Your life stands at the risk of losing everything that God has given to you. People even get into mental institutions because of the, the, the fact that they open themselves up to demonic spirits. You think the devil comes to drink tea with you? No, he comes to destroy. He comes to, re he comes to wreak havoc. I'm preaching good now. Say amen. amen. Number two, drug abuse. Drug abuse will open you up. I mean, I'm telling you, this will open your life so fast to demonic possession. Drug abuse. Drug abuse. Number three, participating in demonic rituals. Demonic rituals, demonic activities, getting involved in, you know, whether it's palm reading, you know, coffee reading, all this stuff people do. They drink coffee, they turn it upside down, they start telling you, oh, I see. You don't see nothing. You see what? 
You don't see anything. Liar. Bunch of liars. You don't see anything. My life is hid in Christ with God. In actual fact, I'm not even going to give myself to you to see stuff about me. Who do you think you are? I have a future in God. I know the thoughts are the things towards me. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give unto me a future and a hope. So you're not going to see anything. Shut up. But we have Christians still patronizing all this stuff. Palm reading. Give me your palm. Let me see. Oh, I, No, you don't see anything. You're not going to do that. All these practices open the door to demonic spirits. Astrology, fortune telling, witchcraft, tarot card reading. You do stuff like that, you play with fire. You play with fire, you're going to be burned. We don't want to play with fire. Come on now, say amen. Look at what it says in Acts 19, and I'm going to close with it. Acts chapter 19, verses 18 and 19. And many that believed, everyone say believed. They came and they confessed. What did they do? They came and they confessed. And they shewed their deeds. Many of them also which used magic or curious arts brought their books together and burned them. What did they do to the books? What did they do to all the stuff they used in magic? They burnt them. They said from this day forward, we're, we're not going to have anything to do with this. It's over. This is what happened in Acts chapter 19. They burned them before all men and they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. They burnt it all. They burnt it all. Come on now, say amen. amen. So repentance is the key. I want to say repentance is the key. So repentance is the key. You want to get rid of all these things out of your life. Are you listening to me? You want to get rid of all this stuff. Get them out of your life. And God will help you. With every head bowed, every eyes closed, all across this place. Close your eyes. Bow your heads. The first place to start from is salvation. Why is it called salvation? Why? Because when Jesus comes into your heart, He saves you. What does He save you from? He saves you from death. He saves you from sin. He saves you from the consequence of sin. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Today, God wants to save you. God wants to set you free. God wants to deliver you. Maybe you've been involved in all these things that I've talked about today. And you've opened your life to the devil. I believe that when you pray the prayer of salvation and the prayer of repentance, that God, by His power, by the Holy Ghost, and by the blood of Jesus, will set you free today. 
For those of you who have never given your life to Jesus and you want to do that today for the first time, I want to ask you to lift your hand. Secondly, for those who once upon a time you gave your life to the Lord but you walked away from Him, you're no more where you used to be, but you want to return back because of the things that you've opened your life up to. You are now tormented and oppressed or maybe even possessed. But today you want to return back to Jesus and ask Him to forgive you. I tell you, His arms are wide open. He will not just forgive you. He will set you free. The thought call is for those whose minds are telling them one thing but their hearts the opposite. You do not know beyond the shadow of a doubt that if you close your eyes in death today, you'll open them in the glory of God. If you fit into any of these three calls that I just gave, for first time salvation, number two, for rededication, number three, for assurance of salvation, and you want me to pray with you and pray for you, that God will set you free today permanently and you will live a life of freedom. If that is you, Lord, I return to you. Lord, forgive all my sin. Lord, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Lord, I want to make sure of my salvation. If you fit into any of these three calls, quickly, do not hesitate. At the count of three, lift up your right hand to heaven and I'm going to pray for you. One, two, three. Come on. Lift it up. Come on. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. Lift it up. Don't hesitate. Come back to Jesus today. Give your life to him today. He will save you. He will set you free. He'll deliver you. Lift your hand right now. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Is there anyone else? Lift your hand right now. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Lift your hand. Lift your hand. Say, Jesus, I'm coming to you. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. Jesus, I ask you to set me free today. I will not go back to the life of sin and the flesh. Lift your hand. Lift it up high, 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 high. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you. You can put your hand down. With everyone lifting his head or her head and looking at me. Listen, guys. Listen. What I just preached today is so important. And if you want to have victory, you have to listen. Totally, completely surrender to the Lord. Okay? You cannot play games. I saw your hand, my friend. But maybe you're sitting here and listen, yo, this thing, I'll deal with it when I leave. No, you will not deal with it when you leave. Because you have, I'm telling you, you have had many opportunities, but you haven't dealt with it. I'm telling you, today is the day of salvation. People cross the line of no return. Sometimes as a pastor, your heart bleeds for them. Because you knew when they were fine, but you, something happened. What happened to you? What did you get involved with? What did you touch? Little by little, they start touching stuff. They start touching stuff. They start touching stuff. They start touching stuff. And then they cross the line and they are not able to come back. You think it can happen? It happens to many. It happens to many. One moment they are shouting hallelujah. They are singing in church. They are speaking in tongues. And then they cross the line. I heard the story of a pastor's wife. She was in mental institution. Because of what she allowed. Pastor's wife. So it can't happen to you. you. You keep touching stuff and keep moving in that direction. You might cross the line of no return. Are you, are you listening to me? 
People hear voices. Hear voices. There are people. The woman came to a man of God, was called to pray for a woman. And when he got there, he asked her, I, I, can, say, I, can, I can pray for your freedom. But you want to stop hearing the voices. She said, no, I want to keep hearing the voices. Man of God said, man of God said I can't do anything. Cannot help you. A lot of times people think, oh, man of God of power and faith. You know, anointed man of God, come and help us. Listen, if the person does not want to be free, there's nothing you can do for, about it. Nothing. I don't care how powerful you are. Because even Jesus couldn't do mighty works in Nazareth. Because they did not believe. So I just called. I mean, you are, some of you are sitting here looking at me. Whatever it is that is on your life, God can set you free right here. Oh, no, I'm going to deal with it at home. Okay. Okay. There's an anointing that destroys every yoke. I believe this message is put on my heart for, for you because God wants you free. Sometimes you look at people, they come to church, they look like they are the best thing since sliced bread. But you don't know what they are dealing with. They're dealing with all kinds of things. Bondage and oppression and people can't sleep well at night. All kinds of crazy dreams that they are having. Come on now, I'm preaching good, say amen. You know what I'm talking about. I don't have to mention your case. You know what you're dealing with. But notice what they did in Acts 19. They came publicly and they confessed. They confessed. This is not going to a priest in one small room and telling him. No, they came publicly and they exposed the stuff that they have been involved in. And they lit the thing on fire. In other words to say, from this day forward, we are not going to do this anymore. And when you have that kind of repentance, you will never be bound anymore. My friend, can you stand on your feet? You lifted your hand. Please stand. Please stand. Make your way up here to the front. Nobody. It's, it's nobody's business. It's between you and the Lord. Can you help him? Just stand over here. Stand face me. Did you lift your hand? Who else? Who else lifted your hand? Who wants to be a part of this? Thank you. Please come. Come. Anyone else? Anyone else? Come on, anyone else? Put your hands for her. She makes her way up here to the front. Anyone else? Anyone else? Oh, Pastor, I'm even a, I'm even a church, I'm even a leader. Listen, I'm a le leader. Leader. I, I listen. I don't even want to mention departments here. You might even be in the Ministry of Helps, and you have issues in these areas. Statistics, listen to the statistics I heard. That about 40%, listen, I say 40%. They say 40% of preachers in America are hooked to internet pornography. 40% of pastors. If that's the case with ministers, then what's the case with people? If you think this church is just about sow your seed, get a harvest. No. The more you stay here, the more you hear the kind of things we preach. This is not just prosperity, prosperity. Because prosperity must cover every area of your life. 
What's prosperity with money, lots of money in your bank account when you're losing your mind? What is money in your bank account when your kids are going crazy because you opened the door to the devil to come wreak havoc in your family? What's your prosperity? What's the prosperity? What's the prosperity when your children are hooked on drugs? What's the prosperity? So all your money means zero. God's prosperity plan is that you are blessed in every area of life. Are you listening to me? Anyone else? I know I'm taking some time on this, but I'm telling you, God wants to set you free. You don't have to leave this place the same way as you came. And what happened 20 years ago can be broken today. The Bible says it is the anointing that destroys the yoke. And if there is a yoke of bondage on your life, God wants to set you free. Someone else wants to come and say, Lord, I surrender everything. Everything. Who else? We are raising a godly church. We're raising a victorious church. Praise God. We're raising a people free from the works of the flesh. Free from all kinds of sexual issues. Free. I'm saying free. I say free. Not having a wife and a side chick. All kinds of stuff are happening in the church. Globally speaking. Okay. I'll give you two more minutes and I'll wait. Holy Spirit, right now I pray. That you would speak to their hearts. I know you've been speaking to their hearts. They've been resisting. Whoever the person or people are. Right now in the name of Jesus. I ask you to. Give them the courage. To come forth. There is no condemnation here. You love them. You will forgive them. But they have to repent. In Jesus name. Now, the hyper-grace movement is teaching you that you don't have to confess. No need to confess sin. Are you serious? You don't have to confess. Okay, don't confess. It is, listen, it is sin that you confess and repent from that you get forgiveness for. The one you hide, the Bible says, He that hideth or covereth his sin shall not prosper. But he that confesseth and forsaketh them shall obtain mercy. Do you want mercy? There's going to be transparency. Amen. It seems like evangelist God will came to house, came to the house today. It's okay. Praise God. My dear friends, I want you to please close your eyes and lift up your right hand to heaven. Your freedom, your deliverance comes from the Lord. I said salvation is Jesus saving you from everything the enemy throws at you. Basically, that's what it is. I want you to say this prayer. I want you to mean it from the depths of your heart. And I want you to say it out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am in the name of Jesus. I believe Jesus Christ is my salvation. I give my heart to you. And I ask you today that you would wash me and cleanse me. 
that the blood of Jesus will set me free. I don't want to leave this place like I came. You know my life. You know my sins. Wash me with your blood. Let me never be the same again. I confess with my mouth what I believe with my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died on the cross. He was buried. On the third day, He rose again for my justification. Right now, I receive freedom, deliverance, salvation, healing, blessings, freedom. All that you have for me, I receive them now. I declare, I am a child of God and I'll never be the same again. The power of the devil is broken and I walk free. In Jesus' name, amen.